This evening, we're going to study how to achieve an abundant life. Everybody deserves to have an abundant life. You know why? Because Jesus, Jesus came to this earth, died for us. He was resurrected and ascended to heaven. All this was because he wanted to bring to us an abundant life. That's what it says in John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have an and that they may have an abundant life abundantly. I'm going to read something technical. Problems. Let me read it uh, from, you know, I was working on some scriptures this morning and I did, didn't write. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and, and to destroy. I, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came on a mission. That mission was to bring to us an abundant life. The question is, why so many people in society do not enjoy of that abundant life? The answer is because they are looking that abundant life in the wrong places and with the wrong people. There is another question. Why some Christians who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ still they do not enjoy the abundant life? Well, they need to learn and practice three important things. That, that's the only way that a Christian can enjoy an abundant life. That's what we're going to study this evening. Number one, we need to know Jesus. If I start question, make questions to you, tell me facts about Jesus. I know you're going to tell me a good number of them. Does that mean that you know Jesus? No. You know facts about Jesus. But the question is, do you have a real, real intimate relationship with God? That's something else, right? Well, if you ask me, do you know Jesus? I'm going to tell you several facts that I have learned from the Gospels. But that doesn't mean that I know Jesus. Know Jesus means something else. Philippians 3.8 says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I, suffer, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul is saying 
that he lost everything for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, his Lord, our Lord. The word know must be understood in the biblical con context. We do not use the word know today as it was used in the Old and New Testament times. The word know, there is a very intimate word that speaks about relationship that you have with the one that you know. It is a very intimate word that it is even used in regard to the fleshly union of a man and a woman. You know, when Israel, the, 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 the people of God in the Old Testament, was astray away from God, was for only one reason. They did not know the Lord. Isaiah 1.3 says, The ox knows, it, knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Did these people know facts about God? Yes, they knew a lot about God. They really studied the Old Testament. So they knew, they knew facts about God. But they did not have an intimate relationship with God. That's what Isaiah is talking about. They had knowledge intellectual knowledge, facts about God, but they did not build a strong, intimate, and permanent relationship with God. In the New Testament, same thing. 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have to grow not only having facts, because we can study God's word. And we're going to learn facts about Jesus. And we're going to learn facts about God. But we're not talking about intellectual knowledge. We are talking about build an intimate relationship with God. In a daily basis. Under any circumstances. All the time. Okay. That's what we are talking about. The apostle tells us that we must not only know the, fact, the facts about God, but we must have an intimate relationship with him. The apostle says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I 
kept the leave and I persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. The reason the apostle had that confidence in regards to his life was because he built a strong relationship, intimate relationship with God. That, that was the reason of his confidence. If we uh, read another scripture, Philippians 3.10, it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed, being conformed to his death. What Paul is saying is that the whole direction of his life, the whole purpose of his life was that he might know Jesus and the fellowship of his suffering, of his resurrection and being conformed to his death. Did Paul know all the facts about Jesus? Yes. But the, the, the important thing in this case is that that knowledge that he had put it in practice and affect his life, building a strong relationship with God. What, in, what is involved in knowing Jesus? It involves participation. If you are active doing what God is asking to do, then you know God. Then you're going to build that relationship is going to be stronger, 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 okay? Because you are active, you are involved, you are participating, you know? You're busy in the kingdom of God. We have to keep Jesus in our mind. We have to face situations like Jesus did. Then we're going to know Jesus. We're going to have a real and intimate relationship with him. Let me tell you something else before we continue. When we really know Jesus, the people will know this. And when you know, when you don't know Jesus, when you do not know Jesus, the people will know. Even though you say, I'm a Christian, I'm a member of the body of Christ, I'm a member of the church of Christ, the, the church that Jesus built, okay? But the people, the people say, hmm, really? They know. They know. They are watching us. They are really know if we are what we say that we are. Look what it says in Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, uneducated, and untrained men, they marveled. And look the last line. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Huh? Why? Because they act, they live, they speak, they behave like Jesus. That's the only way. That's the only way that we can prove that we know Jesus. Yes, the people will, will know. If we know Jesus or we know only facts about him. 
Let me tell you something else. I mentioned this in the first lesson. And I said that we need, when we know Jesus, when we have an intimate relationship like Jesus, not, not only speak like Jesus or think like Jesus or face things like Jesus, we smell like Jesus. Look what it says here. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Pay attention to 15. Look, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ. We smell like Christ. That's what it says. Some people are expert in perfumes, you know. I don't use perfumes. You notice that. But anyway, you know, I don't use perfume. But some of you perhaps are, are expert on that, you know. Oh, so-and-so brand, you know. Well, look, spiritually, look what it says here. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ to those who are being saved. Hey, your brothers and sisters say, hmm, so-and-so smell like Jesus. It's, it's a Christian. Yes, it's a child of God. Yes, hmm, smell like it, okay? And also, and among those who are perishing, co-workers, neighbors, friends, enemies, it's, it's evident that you smell like Jesus. For your brothers and sisters and for the people and society. They see the way you act, you behave. They say, hmm, maybe he's from Mars, <laughs> you know, because he, he looks different. He talks different. He behaves different. He has different attitudes. Huh. Well, smells like Jesus. Yes, sir. Well, the more you know Jesus, the more you appreciate him. The more you appreciate him, the more you're going to serve him. The more you serve him, the more you're going to change. The more you change, the more you're going to rejoice. And only then is when you're going to start and enjoy, to enjoy an abundant life because you enjoy Jesus. Because you have an intimate relationship with him. Then you're going to start enjoying abundant life. No matter the circumstances around us, even in the middle of a turmoil, you know that you're not alone. Jesus is with you because you are attached with him like this. So you can face anything through him because you have a relationship with him because you know Jesus. Number two, we need to leave Jesus. Knowledge has to affect everything about us. The way we talk, the way we behave, the way we treat others, our attitudes, 
our feelings, how we treat people, everything is affected by the knowledge of God. That's when you really start living Jesus. That's the only way. Philippians 1.27 says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Christians always gain when we live and when we die. Nothing to lose. <laughs> always we gain. Okay? Paul is saying, For me to live is Christ. He lived for Christ. That's what it, it says. That's when true and abundant life came to exist in our lives. Because he came to bring a new dimension of life. A new quality of life. Because he is life. John 14, 6, 6 says that he is life. Okay? Real life. Not physical life. Spiritual life. Paul had this kind of life because he was living for Jesus. We can see this in, in many experiences. In chapter 4, Acts 14, uh, Acts 14, the apostle, after he just finished his first missionary uh, journey, returned to Antioch to give a report because this church was the one who sent in chapter 13, okay? So he came back and gave a report. In that missionary uh, journey, he had all kind of persecution upon him. But when he gave his report, he did not say one word about those things. Listen, the report, just part of the report. Now when they had uh, come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. He was just worried and preaching the gospel. Persecution, suffering, yeah, he didn't care. You know why? He lived for Jesus. He was ready to live for Jesus or to die with Jesus. That, that is what makes the whole difference. He was not a superman. No, no, no. He was just like us. What was the difference? He was ready to live for Jesus or to die for Jesus. That is the whole difference. Acts 16 and 25. The Bible tells us, but at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas preached in Philippi and baptized Lydia and the household. And then they performed a miracle that caused them trouble. They were put into prison. And at midnight, they were singing to God. That means they were enjoying an abundant life. 
In Acts 26, verse 29, he was making his defense before Agrippa the king. And instead of defending himself, he preached the gospel. He was trying to reach Agrippa and all of them there, Festus and all the people there. He had that abundant life regardless of the circumstances. And you know, we, we can read in 2 Corinthians when you have time. Read 2 Corinthians 11, 23 until uh, 30. And you're going to see all the suffering that, that uh, Paul faced. No problem. He was ready to live. He was ready to die for Jesus. Why? Why? Because he was living for Jesus. That's why he enjoyed that abundant life. No matter what. One time a baby brother. He was just baptized like perhaps three or four weeks ago. And he asked me. Brother, you, 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 you said in your lesson that uh, now I'm going to have an abundant life? Yes, that's what the Bible says. Yes, John 10.10. 10. That means that I'm not going to have any problem at all? Say, no, <laughs> no, no. The, 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 you know, the, the marvelous uh, statement that Jesus gave in John 10.10 10 about that abundant life is because even though we are facing problems, tribulations, you name it. You're never going to be alone. And God is going to give you peace. Real peace. Real happiness. Because when you know Jesus. And you leave Jesus. Never. Is going to affect you. All the problems. And tribulations. That you may face in life. That's why it's so marvelous to know Jesus and to live Jesus. Finally, we need to share Jesus. We talked before the services about that. No? You want to fulfill what you are looking, something that is empty somewhere in your soul. Share Jesus. Talk about others about Jesus. And you're going to feel, hmm, wow, delicious. <laughs> you know, it's just an incredible feeling when you share uh, Jesus. Because, you know, we, we have a lot of knowledge, uh, you know, with the leaders here in, in each congregation. But you know, you have the knowledge in a safe deposit box. And Wells Fargo or another bank, you know, you have it there. No, open your mouth and share it. Yes, you know, we need to do that. The knowledge is to share with others. There are so many people dying. Co-workers are dying and they are going straight to hell right now, right here in this, in this town. And there are some Christians, there are some real Christians, spiritual Christians around them. And I don't think it's fair that we keep our mouth closed and don't 
tell them God loves you. Jesus died for you. God has a plan for you. Are you interested to listen about it? Very simple. Very simple. If you, if you don't do that, it's because you don't want. Our brother and the prayer mentioned about comfort zone. I like it. Ooh, comfort zone is fine, you know. I just want to try to live. I'm mean, I going to do my best living for Jesus. And what about the lost? Well, I don't know. What about the outgoing members? I don't know. What about? I don't know. Comfort zone. Ooh, very easy. Very easy. But no. No. I'm going to read one scripture that came to my mind right now. You know, it's uh, James 4.17. Think about this scripture. James chapter 4, verse 17. Look what it says. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. It is good to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it's not just good. It's a commandment. Matthew 28, Mark 16, and I can give you more. 1 Peter chapter 2 and others, okay? It's a commandment from God. Share, share, share Jesus, okay? Well, is it good to do that? Yes. Well, if you don't do it, you're sinning. That's what James 4, 17 says. Or, or if I understood it wrong, please let me know. Because I don't want to preach something that is wrong. And that doesn't mean that you need to go and knock doors, you know. Or, or you know, but have a card. Share with somebody. Hey, I'm a Christian. This is a card with the information where we meet. And it will be a pleasure to have you with us anytime. That's it. That's it. So it is so important to realize all these brethren. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> a royal priesthood. Ooh, am I? Yes, you are, Elijah. Look, Ooh, I'm a privileged people. You know, a holy nation. A special people. His or uh, his are special people, okay? <laughs> that you may what? Proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let me ask you something. Why you are here? Why you are a Christian today? Because somebody talk to you about Jesus. Isn't it? Could you imagine that nobody talked to you about Jesus? You were, you, you, you would be lost today. But somebody talked to you about Jesus. You obeyed the invitation, listened about Jesus, obeyed the plan of salvation, and became a child of God. It's fair that we need to go and do the same with those 
who haven't heard about Jesus yet. Very simple. We have so many privileges, but we have a responsibility. You, we need, like it says here, we need to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. How we can do this? There are two ways. One, by your example. Look what he says in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do the, the, the light a, a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lamp stand. And it gives light all who you are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How? They're going to glorify your Father which is in heaven through your example. Because we are the light of the world. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. But here, in the Sermon on the Mount, Mount, he said, you are. Yes, we are too, the, the light of the world. Well, through our living, the way we live, the way we act, the, live, the, the way we talk, we show, we send light to those who are in darkness. And some of them, if they pay attention to our good example, they may come and glorify God. And what is the other way? Revelations 22, 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit through the Bible. And the bride, who, who is the bride? We, the church. The church says, what? Come. Are you, are you telling people, come, co-worker, classmate, friends, enemies, come? Well, that's what God expects from us, to let the people come. I'm a Christian. I, I enjoy an abundant life. Come and learn about it. Jesus died for you. Well, there are many things that we can say. Just to invite, to motivate the people to, to listen about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, good example and give, extend an invitation. When you do that, there are a lot of possibilities that other people may, uh, may come or at least, at least, Listen about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in order to have an abundant life, you need to know Jesus, build a strong relationship, intimate relationship with Jesus. Live Jesus. The people has to see Jesus in your life and then share Jesus. And then, you're going to have an abundant life. Do you want to enjoy an abundant life? If you're not a Christian, you need first to obey a simple plan of salvation 
that we find in the New Testament. The plan of salvation consists in obeying five, obey five steps or requirements. You need to listen the word of God because through listening the word of God, you, you're going to earn, obtain faith. That's what it says in Romans 10, 17. You need to have faith in God. You need to believe that Christ is the Son of God. That's what it says in John 3, 16. You need to repent of your sins. Realize that you are a sinner. All of us are. What, what's the difference between a sinner and the world and Christians? Well, we're still sinners, but we have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to repent of your sins. Luke 13, 1 through 5. You have to confess that Christ is the Son of God, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And be baptized for the remission of your sins, according to Acts 2, 38. Do you want to enjoy an abundant life? This is a question for a Christian. Well... Build, brother, sister, uh, a strong, intimate, permanent relationship with Jesus. Number one. Then, live Jesus and share Jesus. And you're going to have an abundant life. Do that and you're going to enjoy abundant life. Hope and pray that these thoughts from God's word can really help us to enjoy an abundant life. Jesus brought that abundant life to us. You want to take it or you're going to leave it? We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.